Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, it is Thursday. I just thought I'd mention that because I did have to check it on my phone today because we are in that weird in-between point where everyone forgets what day it is. No one's quite sure of the date, but the day is Thursday. Um, we are joined today. Well, I'm Eleanor McCabe. We are joined today by <laughs> Mr. Richard Easterbrook. Hello, Rick. Hello. Yeah, thanks for imagining what day it is. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> we are we are just in that blurry point, aren't we, where no one quite has any idea. Um and Mr. Michael Loff, hello. Hello, how's it all going? It's it's going it's going good, yeah. Did a bit of shopping today. Um spent all the Christmas money. So you know, when you have that point after Christmas where you're like, Oh great, I've got loads of money and then you just spend it more on presents for yourself and you're like, Oh, actually no, now I'm just now I'm just back to where I usually am at this point in the month. Yeah, I think it's more depressing when as an adult you get money and you go, Great, I can go up towards the electric bill next month. <laughs> yeah. Rather like, oh, go and buy myself something nice. Um no, let's um let's spend it on grim reality of them twenty twenty three Tory Britain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 not fun, isn't it? Um, but I can tell you one thing that was fun. Lovely little segue there. Um being at Hull away at the weekend no on Tuesday it was absolutely (laughs) this is why I needed to remind you what day it was it was absolutely fantastic um I know that kind of both of you watched it I traveled down for it and honestly one of the best away ends I've been in this season just absolutely like bouncing atmosphere brilliant and seems like the lads really reacted to that Rick what what are we thinking about it yeah, it was it was it was pleasing. Um, you know, we've got we've we've now got a really good record against some of the top sides, um, and it's you know we, we have with the lack of kind of consistency that we've had with the changes of managers and everything, and it's just it's just good that we're kind of staying in contention. You know, despite the backdrop of of being not not that great, the underwhelming appointment of the manager and all the stuff that's been going around the club or with the, with the, the ticket allocation for Newcastle and, and you know, the, the game against Coventry, which is nice to kind of like remind us that we've got a football team we can get excited about again. Um, if, if not in, in performance, but certainly the result. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, what, what was it? The club tweeted incorrectly. It's always fun to sing when Sunderland win away. I mean, it was, it was nice. It was nice to be able to bring that chant back, even if, um, they did get the words slightly wrong. I mean, make from a more kind of technical perspective, I guess. What what were your thoughts on on how we played? Do you think that there was an improvement against uh, against what we've seen in the past couple of weeks? Was it 
Was it more fun? Was it brighter? What What were your thoughts? I think the response was fantastic. And I think we've said this time and time again about this team. When we do have a setback, we do tend to put it right and show a response. And that's what we did. I mean, I think that it wasn't pretty. It was quite pragmatic, but I think it needed to be because Hull were quite a free-scoring team. They like to play on the front foot. They like to dictate the game. And we simply didn't allow them to do that. I think we plugged the gaps all over the pitch really, really well. And when they did, because we pressed, we we tend to press with a four when they were getting the ball at the back, and we were kind of pinning them. And then even when they were getting through that, we were just leaving them absolutely no gaps to play through to the to the front line. I mean, I think we had that one glaring chance at the start of the second half where um, Connolly hit the ball straight at Patterson, where he's just got the score or do better. But other than that, I think we clearly had the best chances, and I think. Um, it was a fantastic response because Coventry, although we had spells in the game, it was largely shambolic, particularly the second half and when from when Coventry went turned it up. So I just think it was a fantastic response. And as I, and as I said on Twitter yesterday, regardless of whether I approve of a manager or not, I will always give praise where it's warranted. And I think yesterday was a very well disciplined, well coached team that was put out. And as I say, it might not have been the prettiest game in the world, but sometimes away from home, you've got to play like that and be a bit difficult to beat. And I think we showed. Um, a bit of kind of um, like nous, which I think we've only really shown against Leeds in recent weeks. So I think it was a really encouraging display for many reasons. And sometimes getting a, a good win away from home like that is exactly the tonic that we need. And now we've got a great opportunity to back it up against bottom of the league on Friday. So that's um, it's given ourselves a, a decent unexpected platform, really. Yeah, and like we'll come on to Rotherham in a bit. But I think that one of the really nice things to see was the way that the lads really reacted to what was definitely a disappointment against Coventry. I mean, we, we were all gutted and and not many people stayed till the end. Like that's, that was the feeling. It was, it was one of the kind of most disappointing matches. I'd, I'd say this season, I know we've had worse wins, but for worse losses even, but for mm. some reason that one just hurt so much more. And, it, it was it was the reason for like everything that had been going on in the club in the like ten days before that. There, there'd been a lot of kind of everyone just felt like we we're in a bit of free fall, and that just yeah. almost consolidated it. But it was mm. really nice to see this reaction to to what has been kind of a two weeks of of uncertainty. And I, I think I, I agree with what you say, Michael. Like it is important to give credits where it's due, and. One thing that I did really notice is Beal was very conscious at the end. He he didn't take much credit. He came over, he clapped a bit, and then he just he walked away. He didn't do any of kind of the Lee Johnson fist pumping the air, like showing off in front of the fans. He was he was very kind of quiet about it. I didn't even notice he'd come over until he was then walking away because he he wasn't he wasn't wanting to show off at all. And I do have to give him a bit of credit for that. Like he, he he's obviously understanding the feeling. He's understanding kind of where this club's at, at the moment, and I I think that that was that was a nice thing to see. Um, I mean, let let's get into the match a bit a bit more. I think that it was it was quite difficult. I don't know what you guys think, but it was quite difficult whenever we went forward and whenever we tried to to get anything in the box because they threw every single man they had behind the ball every single time we were we were in their box every single time we were trying to shoot they had five six defenders in that box and i mean richard do we do we talk about the lack of striker again is is, is that an issue that would be solved if we had one is was that i think i think the answer is always going to be yes <laughs> like we've gone about it so much like against coventry when when we've had chances 
you kind of think, well, a fit, a fit Ross Stewart would 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 finish those off nine times out of ten. Uh, the reality is that we don't have Ross Stewart, and Ross Stewart is, is isn't fit. So you know, it's 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 entirely moot point. But you look at the chances that are that are being created by our wide players and the quality of balls that are being put into the box as well. You know, that hasn't really changed that much from from Tony Mowbray's days. Um, the Tony Moby era, which you know it only ended twenty days ago, but it's it hasn't feels like a lifetime since I know, that I know, now. I know, but it hasn't <laughs> hasn't really changed, and you haven't really seen a step change in performance or style, um, except for Holland, except for for the home game against Leeds, um, which was such a, a departure from mm-hmm. from kind of the front foot football that that we've seen in the past. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, it it probably would have been enhanced if there was. A centre forward that is that is kind of up to the task in the middle there, but we are creating chances and we are getting the ball into important places, in getting in important places. We are getting the ball into dangerous positions, so the percentage game will will pay off in our in our favour. It just probably would pay off a little better if we had a centre forward who's like slightly capable. Um, but the reality is, we don't at the moment. no that like and that is the long and short of it and I think one player who's really suffering from that and Michael please correct me if I'm wrong and and disagree with me if 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 you want to I won't get angry but I think one player who's really suffering from that at the moment is Roberts he was so frustrated against Hull you could see when he had that one that he just put straight at the keeper he was kind of he was angry at himself but the balls that he's putting into that box time and time again, the the chances he's creating, but us just not having anyone there. You can look at his stats for this season. You can say, well, he's only got one assist. He hasn't got any goals. But I think he's a player where you need to look outside of the stats. You need to be looking at what he's creating. And I think that he's probably the one that's suffering most potentially from that us not having that man ready there in the box. Yeah, Would you I say, mean, Michael? Not- yeah, not only do I totally agree with you, I think you've completely read my mind because as soon as you mentioned like um, not having a striker on the pitch and how that's affecting the team, I instantly thought of Roberts as well. So Speakman would be delighted because I think we're wholly aligned on this issue, Elna. So that's <laughs> amazing. Um, but no, I, I completely agree because he gets into some fantastic positions. And it's like you say, the stats don't tell you that. He gets into some fantastic positions. There's some fast, fantastic cutbacks he makes, like deliveries into the area. And he, unfortunately, we just don't have people with that kind of like goal scorer instinct in the place to get it. I think as well, not only are we missing a striker, but when you lose a player of Ahmad's quality, you're just going to miss him so much. And I mean, last season, they were a joy to watch Ahmad and Roberts teaming up down that side of a little combination play. And obviously that freed up the space for Jack Clark because ideally teams would want to double up on all three of them and you can't do that. So it gave us so many, so much more space in the final third to utilise. Um but no, I do think um, it's really, really important to solve the striker issue because that's no coincidence now that a lot of people towards the end of Tony Mowbray's reign were saying, well, it's not a striker issue, it's a tactics issue. Mowbray leaves the club. Mike Dodds Mike comes in and in his three games in charge, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he played a specialist centre-forward in either of the three games. Michael Beals come in and he played um, bar up front against Coventry and he started with um, Dak and Joe being the furthest forward players on Tuesday. So... I think that's telling that that's three different coaches who have like three different ways of doing things have all looked at that and decided that playing with without a striker is the, the best way forward. And I think it's 
not even necessarily the lad's fault because what I think the issue is, we've got four players. I mean, I know Bruce's a bit older, but we've got the issue of they're all trying to kind of like learn on the job at the same time and they don't have anybody to take that pressure off and that goal scoring expectation yeah. weight off them. So they're all kind of, as I said before, they have some nice cameos off the bench where they look bright and then there's a bit of a clamour. Oh, well, they should start, they should get a run in the team. They start a game, they don't do so well. Someone else has an impact off the bench and then suddenly they become the one. And I just think it's a little bit muddled. And I mean, we saw the other week at under-21s game where we just played all four of them against our under-21s just to <laughs> kind of get something out of them, you know what I mean? Um, but I think it's very much is um, a bit unfortunate because we've got like four strikers. I mean, personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I wouldn't be against ter- like terminating them first doors loan and then we can bring somebody in who's a bit more first team ready because obviously of him not being our player, I'm not being brutal, but we want to develop our own players, you know, over ahead of somebody who's not going to sign for a club permanently. So yeah, the ones I've rambled on there, but I do think... <laughs> The striker is a is a massive issue, and I agree entirely, Eleanor. I think it's harming mm. Patrick Roberts more than anybody. I think as yeah. well on the oh so, sorry, Rhett, did you have something to add to that? No, I was just so, about, I was, I was yeah agreeing, <laughs> oh, I vocally think, agreeing. <laughs> I think on the point as well of kind of having these players who aren't first team ready and they're having to learn on the job. Who who are they learning from? When you bring young strikers through, the main thing that you you have is you have an experienced striker who they can watch, who they can learn from, who they can play off, who they can Mm. kind of potentially go in as a a two up front and they can really start to hone their craft that way. These lads are all just looking at each other going, well, none of us, (laughs) none of us are ready. None of us can kind of do that. I completely agree on the Burstow point as well. I think uh, for me, he needs to go back in January and more so for him. I, if I was him, I'd be incredibly frustrated that I've gone to a club on loan and I'm just not getting the minutes. And that won't be what Chelsea want for him. It's Chelsea that he's come from, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's that that yeah. won't be what Chelsea want for him. That won't be what he wants for himself. And and I wouldn't be surprised whether whether that loan gets terminated in I um well, I want to make clear as well, yeah. though, when when we talk about experience, we're not talking about signing the 34-year-old striker. Even like Ellis Sims, for instance, he, in comparison to what we have, he was experienced. Now, you might think Ellis Sims has been bad at Coventry. Fair enough. I haven't seen a great deal of him, but Harry was very good. And he was a player who, when we signed him, he had like thousands of quality first team minutes under his belt. So I know that Blackpool in League One, big part of them get promoted, went to Hearts, did really, really well. You know, he had like good quality experience. Same with signing Dan Ballard at centre half, somebody who we bring to the club who had a good pedigree, had an excellent loan spell at Millwall. He as well had a loan spell at Blackpool, did really well. So when we talk about experience, we don't necessarily mean 30-plus players. What we mean is lads who have like good, like kind of like core, like first-team football under the belt and they can develop at Sunderland. I think so it's important to emphasise that point before people start saying, oh, well, should we sign Jermaine Defoe again then? Because that's not what we're Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we, Although if that's... No, I'm kidding. David it's Nugent. <laughs> it, it isn't fair on like... The likes of Burstow, it feels, and I've said this before, maybe not in the pod, but I've, I've said before that it feels a lot like a loan that we would have done under Coleman in the championship um, when when we dropped out of it and we, we signed all, you know, signed Brendan Galloway and we had um, Ovia Jaria and, the, the, you know, there were talented players coming to the club that were just hiding at the deep end. Um, and although we're kind of, we're, we're, we're at the other end of the division than we were under Coleman, it's still... Not fair to be expecting Burst out to hit the ground running, um, and and it, he could do, as as Mick says, he could do with a loan, 
where you know where he's gonna because he hasn't played that much football. He came from Charlton where he hadn't played that much football, went straight into Chelsea. And he needs a loan like like League Two or like League One where he'll score a few goals. He'll learn a bit more about the game, you know, about how to how to kind of manage games and things like that and all the things that you need that we're kind of expecting from him and he's he doesn't have. It's it isn't just isn't and fair. I, yeah, and I, <clears throat> I and I don't think any of us are saying by any stretch of the imagination that Burstow isn't a good player. We've all seen yeah. good moments from him. It's just that we are crying out and have been for about two years now. We are crying out for, is it two years or is it one year? How long? I think it's been about 10. Yeah. We've been crying crying out for an experienced striker to come in. And I know that it's not as easy as, because there's no such thing as guaranteed goals. Nobody's saying that you can, I mean, we signed Will Grigg. He was probably, the potential closest you get to guarantee goals. And we all know how that turned out, but nobody's saying we want guaranteed goals. Nobody's saying any of that, but you want someone who has the experience of playing in the men's game, who can come into a championship side, who are in the playoffs and who can put themselves about a bit and put themselves into those places that Roberts is putting the balls into, who can act as a bit of a target man for Patterson. Cause recently and he was brilliant against Hull. Like he was absolutely fantastic. But recently, his distribution's been getting a bit of a bit of a critique. Like people aren't people aren't yeah. too happy with it. And it has been the weakest part of his game since. Like that always has been the bit he struggled with most. But again, you've got to feel for him because when he's when he's trying to get it out quick or when he's trying to put it long, who's who's he aiming for? If you've not got anyone up top, what, <laughs> he usually what aims for someone in the east end. That's usually exactly. where he's aiming. <laughs> like, like, what can, what can he do? Someone's strolling down the concourse with a bottle usually gets a, gets the uh, thick end of it. It's, and it it's is... but again, that's not that's not it's not fair on Patterson to to kind of well, no, it's not fair to expect that to be Patterson's problem. It's not, but other sides have noticed. Uh, Sheffield United did it really well last season. If if you press a little bit from the from the front. And force Patterson into making those quick decisions, and not give him not give him the option of of playing the short ball. He will struggle because his distribution isn't there. But in other ways, you know, he's probably the best shot stopper in the league. Yeah. Um, and he could be, you know, he could be a good shot stopper in the Premier League, but he hasn't got that that ability to to send it long. Um, yeah. Or if he did, if he did have the ability to send it long, there's nobody on the end of it to to, to knock it down for. For the rest of them, so maybe maybe that's why we haven't signed a striker, so that we don't see that actually, even when he does have someone to aim for, his distribution's still terrible. Maybe yeah. they're trying to like protect him so that we can go. Oh, this is why his distribution's not good. Actually, we're not signing a striker to protect Patterson. That's where it's at. <laughs> I think as well, one thing that bears mentioning is what an absolute difference it makes when Job is pushed further up the field. I think that we saw a very, very different player at Hull than we did against Coventry. I think that when he's and when um, Dodsey played him further up, he, he just looks more comfortable there. And I'm not saying he's the solution to the striker. This isn't like a well, Leon Diaku's actually a striker, so everything's going to be fine. And I'm not comparing Joe to Leon Diaku either. That's that's not a comparison I want to make. But <laughs> I think that he is he is definitely an option. 
up there because he does get into those spaces. And when he's when he's playing further forward, I think that that is something that is in his wheelhouse and he does do quite well. Michael, I don't know what, what you think. Do you think he, he looks more comfortable up there or...? I mean, to be fair to Leon Diocco, he's played for Bayern Munich and Joel Pazenic, so basically think. No, but I completely... And this is, again, a little bit of a recruitment flaw that we have because when you look at our midfield, I think all of them are suited to playing slightly more advanced than what they've been asked to play. So we're asking Pierre Ekwart to be kind of the, the central defensive midfielder when I'm not necessarily sure that, that he flourishes more in that role because we saw back in, back in the last season he's a really good driver of the ball. And Neil, he's great when you're playing further forward because he can play passes that can really like unlock a defence, particularly a defence that's sitting deep. He can play the ball like through people. Um, but Job, he kind of encapsulates that as well. When you ask Job to play um, further back, it, it just doesn't suit his game. Yes, he's physical. Yes, he uses his body well, but he's much better in the final third. And we did have a much better option for an out ball at the weekend. He was holding the ball up much better than what you would if you have somebody else up there. So... Um, I agree with you, Eleanor. While I don't think he's the answer to our prayers longer term up front, I think he's probably proven himself to be the most capable centre forward at the club right now, which is credit to Job. But it also shows you um, a kind of an indictment on our attacking players. And like I say, what I would just really love for us to do in January is to go out and recruit a, a proper out and out central defensive midfielder who can take the weight of the world off the team. Because what, when I look at our midfield as well, you can only really rotate for attacking midfielders such as Pritchard, such as Dak. You can't really swap them out for someone who plays a bit deeper. Yes, Jamie Tete is coming back, but again, are you expecting him for someone who's very rare, very rarely played at championship level to just come out after he's been injured for so long and just make a claim in the team straight away? I just don't think it's necessarily fair. So I think as well as great as these players have been, I think sometimes asking them to do slightly more than what we should be asking them to do, given the age and experience like we're asking Dan Neil who he's 22 you know what I mean like maybe he's just turned 23 he's a player who he should be playing alongside someone senior to guide him through the game rather than him being the senior figure which we've relied on all too much so yeah I completely agree I think Joby's better further forward but again that's a little bit of an indictment of what we're lacking and hopefully in January we really do need to address these areas and that's I think is a difference between making us a team that's clinging on to the playoffs by our fingertips to a team that can consolidate in the playoffs. No, I, I completely agree. I think that January is going to be really, really important for this team in terms of experience. And with what we've seen the past couple of transfer windows, I, I don't know that we can kind of hope too much on experience, but I think that it's it's going to be a bit of a, a make or break. This This team desperately needs some kind of experienced heads in there I mean you look at the difference that Pritchard makes when he comes on the pitch like I know that he is an he is for me an incredible player I absolutely adore him I think he's brilliant and I think that that talent is why he makes such a difference but there must be part of it is that he is he does have that experience he knows how to manage games he knows how to kind of where to position the lads you see him shouting at the lads you see him kind of almost taking on that captain role when he when he comes onto the pitch he, he does kind of tell them where to go and I think that that just shows that we need experience in the team especially when you look at the experience that we've now got injured I mean the club hasn't said anything about Dak but it didn't look good at the weekend when he went down like he was literally running and then he just like clutched his hamstring and just went it wasn't even a tackle like that that did not look great Corey Evans I mean 
has anyone seen him recently? I, I don't I don't even like know where he is in terms of his recovery. We don't have those experienced players even in and around the team at the moment. And I think that it's something that needs to be addressed in January, whether or not it will be, time will tell, but yeah. Well it's it's been it's it's nice, isn't it, to be able to um critique the team after a one nil win. Um but I mean the lads were incredible. It's it's lovely to see a one nil win under Beely. Uh we're gonna take <laughs> a short break and when we get back we will talk a bit about Rotherham. <laughs> When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Um, we are now going to move on to talking about Rotherham Away. I mean... Do we just start with the elephant in the room, which is our record against teams at the bottom of the table compared to our record against teams at the top? I mean, there's that that tweet that's been doing the rounds, isn't there, in the last couple of days, which says we've beaten the teams who are currently in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh and tenth. However, we have lost to the teams who are in 21st, 19th, 16th and 14th. It's a close league. But that's quite a damning indictment, especially when you go into play a team who, A, are incredibly strong at home. I think they haven't dropped many points this season at home, um, but also a team who are bottom of the league, which for most teams should be a bit of a celebration. For us, Richard, it's it's worrying, is it? Yeah, I always I, I, I always worry about Rotherham. Because whenever they're, they're, even if they're bottom of the league, they always seem to be capable of pulling off decent results against us. Um, you know, whether it be home or away, you know, we've 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 had a mix of it. And, you know, it's a team that we've played loads because it seemed to have, like, yeah. followed us through the divisions. <laughs> so, like, we've got this weird little weird little situation where we were their equals in League One, but now we're, we're kind of handling ourselves at a much higher place than, than they have. Um, so I never know what to expect, and I always worried a little bit when we'd come up against the stronger teams last not stronger teams the bigger teams last season so the ones with a bit more height in it but I think you know now we've we've got a little bit of height in there ourselves we've got we've got quite a few players over six foot so we're capable of kind of 
matching them. Certainly, you know, certainly when you look at the Dan Ballard, you know, Job's physically, you know, he's, he's six foot plus. Um, you've got Jensen Seals, who's who's capable of putting himself about and trying to come off the bench and do the, the same. Yeah, and obviously Seals looking likely to 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 feature again on uh, on front, uh, tomorrow night. So I'm not too worried now about the physical side of things. Now, hopefully, it won't be an attritional game where we kind of try to match their match their height and match their physical physicality, and we can just try to do what we do best, which is, you know, get the ball on, down on the deck and uh, play through them. But yeah. but there there always a little bit worries me about it because of what's gone before with 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 Rotherham. Yeah, and we've we've beaten them this season, haven't we? When we played them, is yeah, that right? it, was, it was that. I think it was that was that our first win of the season. It was, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So we beat. We've already beaten the season, Richard. So you don't need to worry about anything. It's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, famous last words there. Um, I think that kind of one of my big worries is the number of times that we've seen this season where we've had really high percentage of possession but that that kind of hasn't made a difference when it gets into the final third and it hasn't made a difference when it when it comes down to who takes home the points. And one of my big worries is looking at kind of their stats against Borough in the last game. I mean, they beat Borough 1-0. Um, they only had one shot on target and they only had 29% possession. Turned into Chris Weatherspoon here. I'm um, just throwing all the stats at you, but... <laughs> They they don't they don't seem like a team that like possession. They seem to be one that that don't mind you having the ball. And I my worry is Mick is that we're gonna get complacent. We're gonna just try and do all this stuff in the middle of the park that we are very good at, and not have those shots on target. I've got that gnawing gnawing feeling that that that's going to be what happens. I mean. No, I mean, you're correct to mention the home record as well, because obviously I know it sounds crazy to say they've got a good home record when they've only won three games all season. However, they've picked up two points away from home all season. So 14 of the 16 points they've picked up have all been at home. Um, not only that, they've um, they've drawn against Ipswich and they've drawn against Leeds, but equally they've drawn against Queen's Park Rangers at home. You know, so it's a, it's a game which we still should very much expect to win and um, kind of control the game. But like you pointed out, Eleanor, they are quite. They can be quite a horrible attritional side. And I don't mean horrible as in like just necessarily a team that like hoops people upside down or anything. I just mean very difficult to play against. Um, and they probably do kick you upside down as well. So you know, one man goes. Um, <laughs> and the ref no, won't give any cards for it either. <laughs> but no, um, you're 100 right. It's um, it is a very awkward game because, like I know I've said, we should win it because we should because we're a better team. But equally. Yeah, they've drawn against some very good sides. And Rotherham, when I've looked at the home record, they very rarely get battered. They're always in games. And when you're in a game, all it takes is one set piece, one knockdown, you know, all the cliches. And suddenly you, you, you come away with um, with nothing. So it's a game I think we need to start really fast and try and assert our dominance really quickly and ideally get an early goal. Because I think once that happens, they're quite limited in what the response will be to that. But um yeah, I, I very much it's a game where it can be a little bit of a banana skin. And if we can come through this, I think we've gone from a case after the Coventry game of feeling quite negative about everything to suddenly if we can go to Hull and beat a side who are quite cultured, who like to play through the thirds, who like to control the ball. And then we can go to Rotherham, who are a horrible attritional team, who are going to play long balls, who are going to try and bully us out of the game. And we go bang, back it up with three points as well. Then I'll start to say, right, OK. Fair enough, I've had my reservations over the appointment. I've got my reservations about a lot of things. 
but suddenly it becomes quite a solid start and it gives you a good foundation to build on into the new year. So I really, really hope that can be the case. Yeah, and it's it is it's nice to have that kind of a bit of positivity going into this. Like following the whole game, you, you do have that hope that we we can score and we we can find something. I mean. That for me, there's still the question, was it an element of, not luck, but was it a moment of gold dust from Clarky, or are we going to be able to, I don't know why I'm putting Wise on the end of everyone's name today. I've done it with Beagley. I've done it with Clark. This is my, I don't no, know I, why I've decided this I, is the way I'm going. I don't mind Clarky, but I've got, I had to draw the line at Beagley. <laughs> what did you, where, where are you sat on Dodsey when I referred to him Dodds, as Dodsey? Dodsey what? don't mind. Dodsey don't mind. Don't mind that at all. <laughs> okay. Right. So we know where, where Rick stands. At. Yeah. So, What's that? Oh yeah, a moment of gold dust from Clarkey. Was it? Is is that what we're going to have to rely on? Is is that where we're going to get to? It's just it's a bit stressful. Well, going I mean, into it. Clark Clark's our top scorer, um, but it shouldn't have to all go through him. I mean, look at last season; the goals were spread across the players a lot, a lot, a lot wider. You know, you had Ahmad, who was top scorer. He had like thirteen goals in all competitions. Yeah. Um, or 13 goals in the league anyway. And now you're looking at Clark, who's probably on his way to matching that now at the halfway point of the season. So that, that kind of shows how much we are some, by, by some distance reliant on, on Clark. Um, and it's probably it, it, it's probably not fair to be expecting a, a right winger to be score a left winger to be scoring all of your side's goals. Um, shows kind of how 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 kind of imbalanced the, the, the team is in terms of putting everything through the wings but I think uh, it might be up for other people to start doing their bit as well um, you know I, I know we've we've mentioned Roberts and he has been trying away and I just hope that that's something's going to come off for him um, this season because he's, he's putting the effort in you just got to hope that he he can find that quality in, in that kind of golden left peg of his to to get off the mark and yeah you know, Job Job's not shy of scoring either. So, so you know, it just needs other people to to step up to the step up to the plate a bit and take the pressure off off Clark. E. <laughs> <laughs> and with um Robertsy, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go for this now. This is this is going to be my new thing. But with with Roberts, he's done almost that classic like Sunderland player thing of hasn't he, where he's absolutely great and then he signs a new long term contract and he, he just starts stops scoring. It's um <laughs> it's painful. It's painful to watch. Um in terms of kind of who's gonna play then, obviously we've got we've we've got no clue what the crack with Dak is, but I highly doubt we're gonna see him in the side. Um Huggins out with his long term injury, which I'm just gutted for the lad like it, it, I could not be more gutted for a player because he's he's had so many injury issues and he's finally in a run of form and he, he's he's just so that that's absolutely heartbreaking but um a bit of wise men say breaking news did you see that the club have just tweeted that um were you following a fly there Richard or was that I was looking for the for the, looking for for the, the banner the, the beacon yeah <laughs> Um, the club have just tweeted that Elise is travelling with the squad. Um, so was that like driving could... us. Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's at the front of the bus. No, <laughs> they've they've they tweeted that. What they said, like welcome back at Aji Elise with a lovely picture of him standing next to the bus. 
Uh, well, I'm assuming he's next to the bus. You can't actually see the bus in the photo. Um, would you? They, there you go. That's that's the photo. Um, this is great podcasting. We're just doing stuff. Yeah. The, oh, there he uh, is. That's it. That's here. him. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's that potential there, even off the bench. I mean, we're gonna ha- someone's gonna have to come in for Dak potentially Pritchard. You you potentially are gonna have to have someone who can come on for sales because I mean. Bealey pointed out in his post-match that I think it was the first 90 minutes he's played for us. Now, whether or not in the space of three days, he's going to be able to play two 90-minute spells when he when he hasn't done that previously for us. Is Are we going to have to have the option to bring him off and bring someone else on instead? I mean, Michael, how do you, what are you thinking? How do you think we're going to line up? Yeah, I think you've summed up well because I think we're in a position where players do need a rest. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you were there, Eleanor, so you'll know a lot more about this than me. But I thought Job looked absolutely dead in his feet by the end of the whole game. So again, but I but you need Job in the team because who else is going to give you physicality up front? You know yeah. what I mean? Again, it's a debate. You don't want to play Zayl for the full ninety minutes, but Alisi, he's as he even played really this season. He played forty-five minutes against Arsenal in the twenty-ones last week. It's not ideal prep, is it? So. Are you looking to try and interchange between the two of them? It's just, it's quite a difficult conundrum because like all nine is just not going to not play a centre-half. I think it's just, we'll just need to give yeah. up the bait and that because whether we think it's right or wrong, he's simply going to play a centre-half. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a big conundrum. We need to rotate the squad, we need to rest players. But, and Bale did say after the whole game in his post-match, he did say that we are going to need everybody in the squad. And I noticed he was happy to bring Triantus on at the end when we'll defend the 1-0 lead. So you, you never know. You, you, you never know. But um, as I say, I personally would like, if possible, because I thought Zales had a very good game on um, on Tuesday. And what I think he'll give us tomorrow night, if Rotherham try these big diagonals switching the wings, I think he could be very good at nullifying them and cutting them balls out in the air. So I think um, it, it's a game that kind of could be a bit made for him. So I think mm-hmm. in an ideal world, you want to start him. But like you say, what he does... Uh, I appreciate this isn't the best answer in the world because I'm really sitting on the fence, but I, I just don't know really how you solve the issue that we have between playing your best players, but equally trying to give people a rest and rotate. Yeah. yeah. I think that defensively, we're like, we're in a, in a nice position where we've got, we've got fullbacks that can play a centre-half and we've got centre-halves that can play a fullback. So, and, and we've got fullbacks that can play on either side. You know, Huggins and Hume have, have interchanged. You've got, you know, Sir, we're still talking about Dennis Ergen being injured, but when he comes back, he can play as part of the back He was three, on the pitch at the it. end, by the way. Well, that, that's something. So, like, that, that's positive. I mean, and um, uh, Trentis is getting more minutes, so so I'm not that worried about it. But as as you say, it's it's the cover, it's the the can these players play 90 minutes in, in a high-intensity game when and the, who's there to, to give them a breather? I noticed um, Pembele was on the bench for the first time the other day and he obviously comes with a huge reputation and he had an excellent game for the under-21. So he could be, we could see him over this like kind of um, festive few um, games we've got coming up. Yeah, we're yeah. going to need we're going to need everyone really because, you know, you've got Friday and you've got, you got Monday as well. Um, and do we even want to mention like what comes after that? Yeah, I was about to say then. Then you go. We have got next. Ah, right. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. That that's happening. And I, as much as they're lovely, lovely, they're loving peddling the thing of oh, war players are so tired, um, and and how kind of 
tired their squad is because they've got all those injuries and obviously it's it's really really difficult for them at the moment um but we do need to think about do we rest some players in order to give ourselves the best chance in that match and it is it's something that I think I can't make a decision on because you're making it and but you're not making a decision between the FA Cup and the league you're making a decision between the mags and the league and that's the really, really difficult decision to make. I mean, there's also the question of Ballard. He's on eight yellow cards. He's getting close to having to serve his ban. I know he wouldn't have to serve it for the Mags game, I don't think. I think it's no. just just in the league, just, but just league. it's still a unless worry, he gets himself it? Unless he gets himself sent off for like violent conduct on, on, on Friday night, he's, he's, he'll be all right for the for the Newcastle game. Is it is it only if you sent off for specific things, or it's like violent conduct? No, I think things, it's just. Or is it just any? Is it a straight red? Then yeah. you're off in the FA. Club? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think if if he if he'd getting it for totting up, um, Bugans, you're all, you're all okay. Okay, because um, I, I don't I think believe. I could deal with just Luco Nine. Just taking on, <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't. I, yeah, I couldn't. Ha- I don't even want to think about that actually, because that would just be absolutely painful. Um, I mean, it is, it's t- a diff- It is difficult though, because like if you if you do keep players back, or or you do put like your strongest team out possible for the game against Newcastle in a game that statistically we've got we've got a very small chance of of, of winning. And it, I know it's it's not nice to say that, and no. it's not nice to think about it, but. You've got to be kind of pragmatic and, and realistic with it. Like, oh, but it would what, be. Lovely, what would happen if it? if we do kind of fling players in that maybe not fully fit just because of the best best players and one of them gets knackered in a you know two footed challenge and then then we've got a problem in a game that we might not win. Um, and We're where the prize lively. is, where the prize is to play another team in the fourth round, like. I don't know. Oh, the prize the prize is so much more than that, Richard. The prize is yeah. <laughs> the prize yeah, I'm is just... eternal bragging rights forever. <laughs> well, I think we've lost Richard. Um but yeah, the it's the it's the it's it's so much more than just kind of playing another team in the fourth round. It's so much more than moving on, isn't it, Michael? Like it's it's just that idea of of beating them, and, and do you risk what is a bit of a precarious position in the league at the moment to 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 move on and and just smash them? I mean, it's not going to happen, but the the potential that that could happen. I mean, yeah, you, you've just got to play the strongest team you've possibly got available because, like you say, it's not just a case of oh well, we're out of the cup and people say it's a free hit, but it's not a free hit if you get beat five nil. So we need to give ourselves the best possible chance that we have and then after the Newcastle game I believe we've got like uh, seven days between our next game in the league anyway so I don't think it's a huge issue playing your best team possible against Newcastle but like you pointed out I don't really want to even think about that now particularly now I like work in Newcastle five days a week like I don't want to even like think of a possibility of going in to work the following Monday after we've just been um, good by them so let's hope we can keep it respectable but we've got to beat Rotherham and Preston before we even think about them. Yes, that is very true. We do need to be thinking about about where we're where we're going. I mean, what's your two questions for you? Who are you bringing in for Dak, and what do you think the score is going to be? 
Um, I'm bringing in Pritchard for Dak because we've got good options now. Every we can bring out Sheeshan later in the game. Um, so yeah, I'd start Pritchard, and I'm going to be optimistic and say we are going to beat Rotherham two nil. Two nil. Wow. Okay. Same question for you, Richard. Um, who are you bringing in for Dak, and what do you think the score is going to be? Um. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna win two one, um, and I think um, I think Ashish is coming in for Dak possibly. Ooh, I I, I do like that. To be fair, um, I'm an Ashish like, apologist though. So. No, I really like him. I think I think he's 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 got something. I I do. I really like him. Um, I'm I am, however, gonna say we bring Pritchard in for Dak. I think that that's the. That's the obvious switch there. And potentially, if he hasn't got 90 minutes in him, then sub him for Aushish. So I'm going to sit on the fence um, <laughs> and not not give a full answer. And because I am attending the match with the creator of the good bet, I am going to go for us winning 3-1. Yeah, you see, um, I'm more than standing with Jimmy Ray. So, you know, I've got to be optimistic and say, we'll keep a clean sheet just for his sake. <laughs> oh, lovely. Which actually... Solves my problem of saying I don't know whether there is going to be a reacto because I'll I'll try and meet up with you, um, you lads after the game. I mean, this is not a fair conversation, but <laughs> we will likely be back um, tomorrow or maybe Saturday if it's released then um, with a reaction to what will be a lovely 3-1 defeat. 3-1 defeat. Oh, my oh, God. I'm so me. tired. <laughs> Christmas is <laughs> Oh, I'm going to try that again. Um, we will likely be back tomorrow which what, with what will hopefully be a lovely 3-1 win over Rotherham. Um, I mean, like we could just, you know, after the fact, we could just edit it in whichever whichever the, uh, you know, the, re- the result is. So for posterity, we look like we're just making good predictions. Yeah, and then obviously we'll get more listeners. They'll think that we're some sort of magician. <laughs> It'll be absolutely lovely. Um, but yes, we're going to win 3-1. It's going to be fantastic. Beely Boys bus is firmly going right, towards the Premier League. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Thanks for listening. It's the time between Christmas and New Year. And my head's gone. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>